What is good, my peoples? Welcome again to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. And it is the darkness before the dawn, AJ. But before we get into all of that, how are you doing, my brother? All I could say is it is well with my soul. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that, sir. Over here on in the Mahi City, um, it's been, I guess you could say, some exciting times. We've had some mm-hmm. better than expected weather over these last couple of days. Today we were in the low 60s. Tomorrow mm-hmm. we are going to get up to about 70. But that's all in preparation for some cold weather that's rolling through on Thursday. So, all the best, <laughs> all yeah. the best. Yeah, well, you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Already in the chat, we have Mr. Justin Marvel peeping in with us. We know he's over there in Wisconsin, so God knows what kind of weather he's experiencing right now because you know there's uh, some cold weather that is bothering the East Coast. Um, Justin says 70. He hasn't heard that in almost a year. <laughs> yeah. And we so have we have actually gone back down to colder temperatures as well, you know. But um, it's Dallas weather, bro. And in within a day or two, our high is going to be back up to like seventy something, and it dips back down to the fifties. That's pretty much how Dallas weather goes, <laughs> and it'll be that way on probably until the summertime when it is going up to the hundreds. Mm. Yeah. So enjoy while it lasts. I I know that we often complain about the cold, but you know, it's a little bit rough when you don't have good weather for a prolonged period of time like those up in the north, like Justin and those mm-hmm. in Minnesota and, and them kind of places. So you have to we have to enjoy it, you know, as it lasts for us. Now, as I mentioned, this episode this week is called The Darkness Before the Dawn because in the grand scheme of things, the NFL right now is supposed to be it's supposed to be nighttime. Mm-hmm. Right now, the league season is about to turn over shortly. But right at this point in time, as we go off the rip, as we usually do, we call this the NFL all year's night. Everybody right now is partying, AJ. Some people are in the club getting drunk, while others are at home, wrapped up safely and tightly in their beds. We are in the legal tampering period i don't Mm. know why they call it the legal tampering period because really and truly if it is legal is it really tampering Tampering, exactly i I mean (laughs) you can't tell me that i can talk to whoever whenever wherever and then you know it's still tampering no at this point in time the league has allowed teams to be able for 48 hours to reach out to players free agents and especially with other players who may be made available for trade to determine if they will be willing to relocate from where they are and go over to another city. Mm-hmm. There are lots of players that have packed their bags over this, over this last week and a half and know that they're going to be heading somewhere else. Like, of course, we can't touch on everything. We can't touch on everyone and not on every team. <laughs> But there are some that we are going to highlight, and then I guess we'll just, you know, we'll see where the hour takes us. Mm-hmm. So, first up, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, your former backup quarterback, by the way of the San Francisco 49ers, has now taken his talents to Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a Raider. When the league year begins tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. So we know that Derek Carr was the quarterback of the Raiders. And then the Raiders decided that they no longer wanted Derek Carr to be their quarterback. They said that he was, you know, persona non grata. His key care was revoked. And now he has come over to New Orleans. And they've decided to bring in Jimmy G in his place. So... (laughs) I'm going to let you tell the folks, AJ, how do you feel about this one? <laughs> uh, let me try to find the right way to begin this. I think this is an immense waste of time. 
<laughs> I, I don't see how this. Um, I don't see how this necessarily makes either of them that much better. Um, clearly, Josh McDaniel is trying to get the band back together. Um, last year, he was, you know, he had a, what's his name? Jared Stidham that was also at us. Bench Derek Carr to play him. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really much of a surprise that when Jimmy G became available, we went, that we saw Josh McDaniel go for him. He knows him from the Patriots days. The thing is, Josh McDaniel sucks as a head coach. Um, he's not a leader. Jimmy Garoppolo is an he's a Mendoza line, as you like usually like to say, quarterback. I'd, I'd, I'd probably probably on his most like absolute best day, he would give you a little bit above that. But that's not what you're going to get consistently, right? And he has been masked by being able to play firstly at the Patriots, where for the longest while I can remember, we've had like a, a more than solid defense. Offense, like, I guess McDonald did his thing there. I'd probably give him a little credit for that. Um, being able to get, and this is even when Tom was out and whatnot. Like, Jimmy looked solid there. Then he goes over to Cal Shanahan, who, as I've been saying for a while, and I really believe has the most quarterback-friendly offense in the league. It is, it's almost a plug-and-play for anyone. And then when the, when the moment um, called for Jimmy G to be spectacular, he showed us what he truly is. So I'm I'm not sure exactly what this is supposed to do for either the franchise or the player. Jimmy G is not going to be great. Um, they definitely the, the thing is they're definitely not winning the division. So the best they can hope for is try to get into um, a wild card spot, right? And I mean there are a lot of other teams competing. Do I think that that they could possibly make that? Yeah, possibly. I, I do believe so. I do believe that that at best they are a wildcard team. I, I don't see them like running away with that one of one of those spots, like you know, handily like before the end of the season. Nah, it'll be a struggle. They will have to play until the very last minute, such as the Raiders did a few years ago, because the Raiders the Raiders are that kind of organization as well. And they just I'm pretty sure we'll probably get into this, but they just brought in a young receiver from the Patriots. And let go one of their better um, pass catchers in Darren Waller. So I don't necessarily think that that made the the that um, offensive core any better. Raiders, the Raiders are, are they are what they are. I I can I I just honestly have no faith in Josh McDaniel. So I don't see how this is going to work beyond them maxing out as a wild card team. Honestly, and I just don't have faith in Jimmy G either. So, I, this is okay. You know what? To sum it up with one word, one word, this is underwhelming. Yeah, underwhelming is a, is a good word to use. I thought that I was going to be the the more harsh one on this one. I'm, I guess we can leave it to the viewers to decide, because I have nothing good to say about this one in the slightest. So last year. When we looked at, you know, Russell Wilson coming to the division and everything that was expected to shake out in the AFC West, we said that the Raiders, we expected them to come fourth. We thought that the, the Broncos would have been better than they were, but guess what? The Broncos, it proved last season, had the fourth best, otherwise known as the worst, quarterback in the division no it is not a question the Raiders have the worst quarterback in this division they got rid of the better quarterback to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo who for all of his warts and faults cannot stay fit regardless so when you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even mention that there you go yeah, so you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo to be your starting quarterback going forward. Do you have a good plan B? Do you have a good backup? Because you need a good backup whenever you have Jimmy Garoppolo as your starter. When you add in the trade of Darren Waller for a third round pick to the New York Giants, what are we doing? What 
are we actually trying to accomplish with these moves? And that's the question that if instead of seeing your lovely face, I had Josh McDaniel sitting down opposite me, that's what I would ask him. Because you can't tell me that you're getting a worse quarterback and then the, the next thing that you're going to do is to weaken his offensive weaponry. It doesn't work that way in the modern NFL. You need as many weapons as you can get. And we know the franchise tag, Josh Jacobs, so he is returning. They still have Hunter Renfro, who is a demon out of the slot. But what else do they have? Nuts and bolts. Nothing. They, they, they don't have anybody else. Oh, sorry. Devontae Devante. Adams. Devante. Yes, they have Devontae Adams and then nobody else. So, Devontae Adams now is going to have to do yeoman service in trying to carry this offense because he has nobody to help take the attention off of him. This baffles the mind and... This is probably the best indication of the level of job security that Josh McDaniels has. Because if he did not have it, I do not see how he would have made any of the moves that he has made so far this offseason. It really blows my mind. So, from Jimmy leaving San Francisco to go over to Las Vegas, now he goes back to San Francisco. Sam Darnold, aka Sammy Spit for some. Um he is now going to be a 49er. He has joined a quarterback room that has brought Purdy, who, you know, injured his elbow. And they have Trey Lance who broke his leg. So at this point in time, the 49ers have one healthy quarterback on their roster, and his name is Sam Darnold. AJ, what do you make of this? I'm I'm fully convinced, right, that Sam Darnold has to be one hell of a guy. That like he has to be an upstanding individual. Because there's no way, there's absolutely no reason for Sam Darnold to be on any team's roster at this point. None. Much less the 49ers who have been a uh, 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 Super Bowl contender, basically, for the last few seasons. And especially, and especially given that he's going to start the season, God forbid anything happens to him, as the healthiest of their quarterbacks in that quarterback room, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> For real, Sander. I don't even want to waste too much time talking about this. I, I, <laughs> there's, there's no way in footballing terms I could justify why Sam Donald is still on the team. Uh, is, he's quite privileged, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> Sam Donald. I, why shoot so long when I see this, yeah? <laughs> so, but you know, we always talk about how Kyle Shanahan considers himself to be a genius, and everybody has been giving him the title of genius and that he is this great quarterback guru. He has this plug-and-play system and this thing and the next thing and the third and the fourth and the fifth. I mean, they looked at what he was able to do with Brock Purdy, who was a seventh-round pick, and was able to almost quarterback them to the Super Bowl. So maybe he thinks that he is the one that can make a miracle happen. He is the one that can fix Sam Darnold. I'm sure that if I was in Sam Darnold's position, I would say thank you very much, sir. I'll take these 13 snaps if that is what it takes to make sure I get a check. Because at this point in time, well, we we don't know for sure where Brock Purdy is going to stand when the season starts. It's, a potential, it's potentially that he's going to miss a good chunk of it because up until two weeks ago, he still had not gotten the surgery to repair the ligament in his elbow because it was too much swelling. So, I mean, he got injured a while ago and his elbow is still swelling. So that is probably something that is a serious cause for concern. They're pushing all of their eggs into the Trey Lance basket. Unfortunately, Lance has not been healthy since he's been in the NFL. So we still don't quite know what he has or what he's going to be able to give when he actually gets on the field. So from that perspective, they had no choice but to bring in some somebody. And let's not forget, Donald is a first-round pick. 
is a very high draft pick. So somebody at some point in time thought he had the talent necessary to be able to make things happen. I mean, that probably speaks a lot to the talent evaluation being done at his first spot, which we'll get in a second. But you have Darnell, who has been a starter with the Jets, he's been a starter with the Panthers, and now he's going to be the third-string quarterback at most, at best, with the San Francisco 49ers. But he could be the week one starter, depending on how things shake out. I'm not upset with him for taking the opportunity. I'm just side eyeing all of them over there as to why you'd want to give him this opportunity. I heard it said that, you know, maybe the San Francisco 49ers were looking at trying to coax Tom Brady to come out of retirement. I personally wouldn't have gone for that either. But I could see it. I could I could understand why you want to talk yourself into doing something as crazy as that. Then there was thought that they may have decided, you know, you try to get Lamar Jackson. You know what the price tag is? It's two first-round picks, and then you have to pay him. And it would have been interesting to see Lamar Jackson in that Shanahan offense, especially seeing the speed that they have around mm-hmm. the team. And then you know what Lamar Jackson can do. You know what he can give. But I don't know. San Francisco, they are another one of those places that seem to think that they're the smartest ones in the room. Nobody can come up or cook up a plan like them. So they're doing what they do. And then we get to sit down and pick, a, pick it down to the bone when it doesn't work. So I did talk just now about Sam Darnold and he being a starter. The first club for him was the New York Jets. And they did say that, you know, it would cause us to question some of their um, talent evaluation when he was out there, you know, saying that he was seeing ghosts. But even though they have a new regime, it doesn't seem to care if a lot of their decision-making is getting a lot better because at this point in time, we have to start asking if these are the New York Packers because they seem intent on bringing in every Packer available at this point in time. They have made the they have an agreement in place with Alan Lazard for a three-year contract. Numbers right now really don't matter. But the bigger news is that they're looking at potentially bringing in Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, AJ, but didn't the Jets have a pretty good wide receiver room last season? I mean, they did. Garrett Wilson is a stud, mm-hmm. or has him or has him making to be. So they still had Corey Davis there, who we know what he can be. Although he mm-hmm. but he didn't live up to his expectations. Still have Elijah Moore. Um, I feel like there might be someone else I'm missing out, but there's at least those three. But oh boy, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. You tell me. You 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 tell me what. The France they're doing doing in New York. Well, so this has me as puzzled as you know. The fact that they would decimate that young wide receiving core, because I mean, like I said, you you just traded for Corey Davis. Corey Davis himself was a top five pick in the NFL draft a few seasons ago. How many ever it was, right? By Tennessee. All right, cool. So Tennessee, as they normally do, they get rid of someone big from the offense every year. So you land you land Corey Davis. To pay, uh, <laughs> you like Corey Davis, and you, yeah, you have him there with another couple of youngsters, and it seemed like they were making progress last year. And then, you know what? Uh, so to, to bring it to what they're doing now, the Lazard deal, I understand. I, I if, if you're making a, a move for Aaron Rodgers, I, I kind of get bringing in one receiver that he already has a rapport with, since you're trying to get something going right now. But the Lazard, and Lazard is your, Lazard is actually good. Like, I, I like Lazard. I think he's a good receiver, right? He might have started off his career a little shaky, but he has definitely improved. And Aaron Rodgers trusts him. Cool, I get that. You see this Randall Cobb thing? I, like, for what? Honestly, for what? <laughs> and then the Mercedes Lewis. And apparently, like I told you all in the chat, according to Diana Rossini, he also asked them to sign OBJ. I was coming to that. I was coming to okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one out for the time being. This is too much. This is too much. 
but you know what is the Jets? The Jets going jet, and this is like desperation has has found itself at their door, and they they have openly embraced it. So now they're just willing to do any and everything that Aaron Rodgers asks to make sure to get him in the door because he already let Derek Carr go. So what else are they going to do? They even, I mean, I don't think they were ever interested in Jimmy G, but still, he's off the market. Like, well, hell, even even the old boy Sam Donald, like, so, and and they're, they're not going to go after Lamar Jackson. I mean, we know that much apparently because they're stupid. So... <laughs> quarterbacks are being put left right and center so right now aaron Rodgers has all the leverage in the world with this franchise because they want him that desperately so what's going to happen he's going to again trying to get the band back together a randall cobb and mercedes lewis and come on next next you'll be robert tonian <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm trying sorry i was trying to see who else they have in this receiving core because i know there was another denzel mims i think he was one at was at Chicago like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, right. At wide receiver, is not wide receiver, sorry, at tight end, they still have Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzoma. I mean, decent. But they already are stacked with pass catchers and young ones at that. I, oh, I, I can't wait for this to implode. You know? I just can't wait. So, I mean, as a Patriots fan, you have to be loving every single time that something comes across the ticker by the Jets because they are oh, making yeah. all yeah. of the bad decisions possible. I, I love, I would love Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis to be the ones that have to play against my defense next year, as opposed to Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, and Alan Lazard. Well, I mean, Lazard there either way. I'm sorry, Elijah Moore is who I meant. Yeah, bring him, bring them. So the thing is, all right, so, all right, Corey Davis. You mentioned Corey Davis. I'm a big fan of Corey Davis. I am too, actually. I like Corey Davis when he was in Tennessee. Unfortunately for him, he was forced to take a back seat behind A.J. Brown. But whenever they gave him the opportunity, Corey Davis just absolutely shined. Mm -hmm. Corey Davis left one franchise that didn't like to throw the football and went to a franchise that couldn't throw the football in the New York Jets. So it's no wonder then that his numbers were dumb. It's no wonder that he was not able to put out these, these sort of statistics that you're hoping. Because on top of that, you talk about Garrett Wilson, rookie from last year, second year player this year. Elijah Moore, second year player last year, into his third year now. Every year that Corey Davis has been in New York, they have brought in a wide receiver mm-hmm. that pushes him down the pecking order. He has been vocal in how disgruntled he has been. And the same thing goes for Mims, who asked to be traded last season. And the man said, ah, no, you ought to come here and sit on our bench. And maybe the times that we get you on the field, maybe you'll get a ball to catch here and there. So Mims is most certainly gone. Corey Davis is going to be a cap casualty because his money wasn't small coming yeah, in. Yeah, it wasn't. So... Those two are gone, and you've brought in Lazard. All right, fine. As you said, Lazard, I am not as high on Lazard as you are. I think Lazard is a decent receiver. Mm. He's best for his blocking, though. He's he's a great blocking wide receiver, but you're not looking to bring. Are you looking to bring him in as a blocker? As you said, right now they have literally sold their soul to get Aaron Rodgers, who by the way, is still under contract with the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are under no obligation to move him, except for the fact that they have leaked that they're sick and tired of the crap that Aaron Rodgers is putting them under every single year. Mm-hmm. Why does be? New York think that Aaron Rodgers coming in is going to do or be anything different for them? That's the part that has me most baffled about this. So let's 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 look at it this way, all right? So you want to get Aaron Rodgers. Well, sorry, you want to get a new quarterback for your team. Your options are Aaron Rodgers, who is under contract with the Green Bay Packers for the next three years, where he is looking at sixty six zero million dollars this year. Not to mention the rest of money that he has 
coming to him for the next two years. Who knows if Aaron Rodgers is going to decide that he is going to play the entire season this year, let alone come back next year or the mm-hmm. year after that. Well, again, you have Lamar Jackson, who's available for two first-round picks and less than $60 million this year. There's no way that Lamar is calling for that amount of money guaranteed in 2023 because one thing Lamar Jackson has shown us is that he's not a fool. But apparently, those folks in that front office in New York, like, if I am the owner... I'm watching this experiment very closely because we knew that coming into this season, Robert Sala, he was told he was on the hot seat and the GM, whose name I don't remember right now, he too was on the hot seat. And for me, I don't have a problem necessarily with you saying that you want to you deal with Sala because Sala the head coach and the team has looked relatively good and you would think that by now they will have developed to the point where they can make the playoffs. But you don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. It's like you don't it's like you wanna buy you wanna win the lotto, but you don't go and buy the ticket. How are you going to get anywhere if you don't give your team the tools that it needs to win? They have not done that. But Salah's in trouble even though the defenses look pretty good. The defense has played very well and defense is where his forte is. Mm-hmm. And now we're selling out to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how this is going to possibly work out in a positive. But if nothing else, it's going to give us a lot to talk about. Because, as you said, Mims most likely gone. And um, Davis most likely gone to be replaced by old man Cobb, Lazard. And then there's the Odell Beckham Jr. topic of discussion. AJ, we are in 2023. OBJ has not played football now since the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. In 2021. Yes. Yes. Because he's not played a snap since then. Are we seriously still thinking that OBJ is that dude in 2023? Heading into 2024? Well, well. Oh, that was a legit question? Yeah, that's a legit question. <laughs> if it's the thinking. Nah, fam, wait, I was just thinking, wait. The Rams won that. Wasn't that? That was a 2021 season, but what, the Super Bowl would have been 2022. February 2022. 22, right. So, okay. So he hasn't played in over a year. If we're still thinking that, no, I, I can't think that. And this is no discredit to OBJ, but he was injured. He came, he got that opportunity coming off of an injury and then got re-injured. So at this point, I like I can't put any kind of eggs in that basket. I can't like I I love OBJ. I for what he was before, but I don't even I wouldn't even want him at my team right now. To do what? Just take up my money? <laughs> I mean Nah, I, 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 I don't know why anyone would would want to invest in OBJ at this point. And again, it's not a disrespect to him, but like, what are you actually trying to get? Um, I, I the thing is, even at this stage, he's not going to command like uh, a high um, contract. Basically, like he knows it'll probably be a veteran or some kind of crap like that. He he's not going to get much. And I guess they're thinking that okay, well. Well, I don't know if the Jets are even thinking this. Let me let me not be unfair to them, as dumb as they are. It, it it's just Aaron Rodgers that wants him, but we have no idea if they actually plan to pursue him. We know that they're pursuing his other former targets, but with regards to him, we don't know. But I guess the thought process is that if he is in a receiving core where he doesn't have to be the number one, that maybe you could like squeeze something out of him. But even so, I, I just can't trust his fitness. That was the case in when he went to LA. He, he didn't need to be the number one. He was the number three at that point, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And he still got injured and injuries can happen. But at this point, when do we say enough is enough? Listen, I want it. Ricky, I know you in here, right? But if you watch this over, I really want you to sign OBJ, man. <laughs> I really like, I, 
Well, look, I just do not want to be the worst team in the division. At this rate, they're going to have some other candidates for that position. Because you, you were surprised I asked that question generally. But I, I just don't get it, AJ. Odell Beckham Jr., I'm trying to remember what his first injury was when he was with the Browns. I, for the life of me, I, I cannot the remember. Browns, yeah, I can't, I can't recall that one either. But I'm pretty sure that it was it was a leg injury that he got. I know he's had a non-contact injury on his knee where he popped his ACL. Odell Beckham Jr. is not a big body receiver. He's not like a Mike Evans that will be able to, you know, get you know, like, um, rebound position. Mm-hmm. On a guy, put him on his back, and then stop him from being able to get to the ball. Odell Beckham Jr. has extremely great hands, and he's a good route runner. Mm-hmm. But you remember when there was talk about Odell Beckham Jr. potentially joining one of the franchises that was looking to make a run at the Super Bowl at the end of last season. And it was a lot of talk about, will Odell Beckham Jr. get signed? Now, you said that he might be looking for like a, a vet minimum or something. That is what he should be expecting. That was what he was looking for last season. He wanted somebody to back at the brakes truck because <laughs> he is Odell Beckham Jr. But Odell Beckham Jr. Know, then, is that nobody signed him because he was not even <laughs> looking to do a workout for anybody. Yeah, yeah. I because that he, he himself had to know that he probably still was not 100%. So he goes unsigned and knows he is holding a workout. He's had a workout. No, he's holding. He's already gone. He's had a workout mm. this offseason in the hope that one of the teams that came to watch him workout would give him a contract. I do not see Odell Beckham Jr. getting the kind of money that he's looking for. That's Ken personally. But who am I to say that he will not? Because he just might. Somebody out there may be stupid enough to give him that money, thinking, you know, jersey sales, etc. Odell Beckham Jr. is box office. But we don't know if anybody is coming through the box office when you bring in Odell Beckham Jr. at this stage. And what are you going to pay him knowing that he's probably just another cut away from popping something else somewhere in his leg? He is more risk than reward, unfortunately, at this point in time mm-hmm. in his career. But Aaron Rodgers wants him. So the Jets are going to do their due diligence because the last thing they want to do is to do anything now that makes him say, ah, I'm not coming. Because they have sold their soul to the devil wearing 12 in green and gold. Now, sticking with your division, the Miami Dolphins have been busy. Besides also saying that they're not going into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, they've made a trade with the Los Angeles Rams to bring in one Jalen Ramsey. So, how do you feel about this one? Uh, well, I must say, in, in addition to some of the other moves that they have made so far, most notably keeping their two running backs in um, Jeff Wilson and Ray Mostert. That, in addition to this, I, I I think it's decent. I think it is decent. Like, just overall what they've done so far. I mean, continuity is a big thing, right? You know how teams get chopped and changed every year, how their rosters get chopped and changed. So being able to bring some guys back, I think that... Uh, is, is like a step in, in the right direction. Bring in Jalen Ramsey. I mean, on paper, it's supposed to be a very good move, right? Um, I just, and I don't want to be down on Jalen Ramsey because of one horrible season, but I do think that he's not the same corner that he was when he first went, like in the Jaguars years and when he first went to, to Elliott. I, I don't know. I, I, I need to see it. But it just seems as if he gets burned a lot more. No, and he just can't. He just can't seem to keep up anymore. I. Th- I mean, this is just eye test again. I don't know what the stats are saying, but this is just eye test. And I'm not talking about. I'm not. And I'm not even talking about just 
like seeing clips from Sports Center or anything like that. In terms of like watching the last season, it was it it, it seemed a very rare occurrence that Jalen Ramsey was able to lock a receiver down as he did in past seasons. So I mean, all in all, though, I think it'll be decent for them. I don't think he's. I'm not saying that to try to 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 um, put down the move because the Dolphins already had a pretty solid defense. So adding him might be just like connecting another piece as opposed to him having to be like a standout corner as he was before and a lockdown. So um, I guess it's a good move for them. It is. It is um, X's and O's wise. I, I, I'm not sure the details of the contract, how much he's getting paid and all that, but um, contracts are... Uh, not, they're not like set in stone nowadays in any case. Like contracts get restructured every year when teams need to make cap space. So I don't know how much a, of a big deal that is. Uh, but I think it's a decent move. Okay. So like you, I am ambivalent when it comes to this particular trade. Because Jenna Ramsey, he is one that is supposed to be able to bring the same kind of box office draw with his name like an Odell Beckham Jr. But last season, his play did not match up to the box office at all. Jenna Ramsey got beat. He got burned. We saw too many highlights where he was the closest defender. Which would show that he wasn't really up to it last season. But to be fair, most of the players on that Rams defense Mm -hmm. weren't up to it either. But here's the kicker for me. Jenna Ramsey is not a corner in the mold of like a a Patrick Peterson, for Mm -hmm. example, where coverage is his number one thing. Jenna Ramsey is a gambler. He he gambles a lot on plays. And to his credit, a lot of the times that he gambled, it paid off for him. But when they don't pay off, that is when things look really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And to me, Trayvon Diggs is another one and that is that same kind of mold because That's exactly who i was thinking about when he was saying that yeah we, all right it's one thing to to make the, the the flashy play the big play by jumping in and doing whatever okay that's all well and good at the same time though when you are the guy who is risking so often especially if you're a top cornerback who they're supposed to be able to leave on an island by yourself. Go there and lock down this guy for me for all the money that we're, we're going to pay you. It hasn't happened this season. And in a lot of cases, when these gamblers start to get a little older and they start to get a little slower, then they start getting shown up a lot. Mm-hmm. We are not, we can't confirm that that's where Jenna Ramsey is, but it's possible that he could be there. We have to wait and see, but pairing him with Xavier Howard on the back end for the Dolphins is going to be good yeah. in theory. On paper, it looks fantastic. You have two top corners to, to try to lock down things, especially in the, in the division that has the Bills. Now, as you made mention of them bringing back in Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert, Yes, continuity is good, but these are not the youngest running backs on the block. True. And then when you couple that with the fact that they were, well, Wilson came in during the season, Mustard was there at the beginning of the year. They couldn't run the football, AJ. So bringing back the two runners that couldn't run the football last year, that really doesn't move the needle too much. But Lest we forget, this is another team that said that they had no interest in going after Lamar Jackson. Which is kind of interesting because their incumbent, Mr. Tua Tagovailoa, 
he is probably just one more concussion away from retirement. So maybe it might have been a good idea to go there and get Lamar Jackson. Because I heard the point made by Bomani Jones on his um, podcast, The Right Time with Bomani Jones. Can you imagine that you have an offense where Jalen Waddle is the fourth fastest player on your offense? When your quarterback, Lamar Jackson, is the third fastest player on your offense because you have Tyree Hill, you have Raheem Mostert, mm. and then you'll be sticking Lamar Jackson and Jalen Waddle. At what point in time are these defenses supposed to actually like blitz or play coverage? <laughs> because at any one of them is a home run hitter the yeah. minute you turn your back. But they decided that, you know, they're not going after Lamar Jackson. I guess they're more confident in Tua being able to survive than we are. And when it says survive, I'm speaking only in the football term. We want that young man to survive as long as possible. So let us sure. not let us not get um, carried away with some of the verbiage that's being used right now. So, AJ, I was looking through this um, free agency tracker, the ticker, as it were. Mm. And there were some moves that I saw that surprised me. Some names that I did not expect that popped up in some interesting places. We're talking about the Dolphins, right? So, did you see that the Dolphins have picked up former New York Jets backup quarterback Mike White? I did. I did. I did see that one. Um, I think I saw the Shefty or Diana Rossini before that. I did see that. I didn't see the contract details. I was like, "Oh, cool, nice." Two years, sixteen million. There we go. Yeah, I did see that that he left, and then even so, um, his name is already off the depth chart in New York. So when I was just looking, trying to remember the receivers, yeah. So I did remember that. I did remember that one. I kind of like that for what though. I do because... too. I do too. As, as I just said, when, when you look at the, the potential fragility that still exists with um, Tua, you bring in a quarterback that has experience and like, wait. He's going to play. He, he's going to be under center in 2023. At some point. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, he doesn't necessarily have um, the, the best resume so far. Yeah. Because he has he's two and five as a starter. He has eight touchdowns and twelve interceptions. Yikes. Yeah. Did not realize it was that bad, but neither did I. <laughs> but he does have a jersey and a game ball in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because where did that page go? He he set the record for most completions by a player in their first start with 37. Mm. Yeah, so he has a game ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has he has he, he has something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Anything you go to Canon, you'll always be able to see the name White White. Nice. Yep, so good for him. Indeed. Also, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke, formerly of the Washington Commanders, he has agreed to go to the Atlanta Falcons. But he's right now penciled in as the backup to Desmond Ritter. Desmond is his first name, right? There we go. Two years, 20 million? Is that what I just saw? Yes, two year deal worth up to 20 million, according to Shefty. Uh. I like I like it for him. I, I definitely saw a bit more of this story, and he's from Atlanta, so it's like a hometown thing for him. Um, so I like it based on where that young man came from and what he's been trying to achieve in his career. Um, this is a great place for him to be, especially to be able to go back home. Once again, him being in the backup position means he can go in without any kind of pressure. Especially at the especially at the Atlanta Falcons, because they are a revolving door of just asinine decisions and filth. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, similar to the, the the Jets out east, Atlanta is just 
I guess, trying to fool themselves or find a way in some way, shape, or form. Um, so I, I don't think there's any pressure on him. I don't think there's any pressure. Again, he'll sit behind Desmond Ritter, who was their draft pick, who I guess they'll want to develop. So at some point, he will see the field as well. He already has some money, and, and all of that is guaranteed? Um, I do not think so. Okay. I they mean, nobody really these... gets full guarantee. Uh, mm. Some usually some incentives is being there somewhere. But either way, I'm 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 happy for for Taylor Heineke. We knew that the departure from Washington was coming at some point, right? Um, mm-hmm. He has he does have some good weapons, and I'm saying, I mean, I, I'm talking as if the man is already a startup. But this is just me forecasting because he's going to be starting at some point, <laughs> and he ha- he has some good weapons. He, they, he'll have a new tight end like a block in John Smith. So, you know, things might be looking up for him there. But now you talk about that, AJ. Let's talk about what your Patriots have been doing. I need to mute this mic for a quick second. <laughs> uh, so your Patriots right now seem to be in a, in a bit of a course correction. I think that's the, the, the nicest way that we can put it. Based on what they've been doing with their offensive um, players that they paid quite a bit of money to over the last season, two seasons maybe, because we know Jacoby Myers, he has departed for pastors and you. He is now going over to the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm -hmm. And then, as you mentioned just now, John O. Smith, who you've jettisoned. I know it's taking up residence in Atlanta. So, AJ, is this time that we really need to look hard and fast at Bill Belichick and what he's been doing with your franchise? A time has come and gone, bro. A time has come. Not, sorry. I'm lying. It hasn't gone. A time has been here, though, I should say. Ever since we passed up DK Metcalf in a draft <laughs> to take Nikhil Harry. Ken, I, I was actually trying to look back at this, right? To see how many offensive players, now, well, or let me say skill position players, not, not O-line and that kind of stuff, but how many skill position players that we have drafted that are still like a part of the team in the last few years, right? I, I, I don't want to go too far, but obviously like the Nikhil Harry one, that was 2019. It is well documented by this time how I feel about that, right? Mm-hmm. The year before that, 28, Sony Michel, we know what happened to him. He did win the Super Bowl with us, then he got shipped off to LA and whatnot. I, I don't even, I think he might even be a free agent or whatever. Nikhil Harry couldn't do a single thing in New England, <laughs> then we shipped him off to Chicago, right? And, and how, do you remember like how many? I know you won't remember offhand, but like of the young players, like could you like even think of like the young players that we would have drafted who were actually productive in in our team, like offense offensive skill position, like just just running backs, um, tight ends, receivers. In recent time, it would be, um, but Damian Harris, he's been relatively. He's productive. still there, right? Ramondre Stevenson, I think he was undrafted though. Um, nah, he, he did get drafted. He did get okay. drafted. He did get right. drafted, yeah. So... He was in fourth row, yeah. All right, so you have those two. And... That's don't, it? Don't, exactly. I'll just tell you, don't, don't think too hard, there, eh? Because they're nothing more. It's nothing more. <laughs> did you know that we drafted a wide receiver in the second round last year? A young gentleman by the name of Tyquan Thornton. He yes, did, he did. Right. Isn't that so familiar? Right. We, he did have a few catches, a couple of touchdowns and whatnot, but not the overall productivity that, that we, you would have wanted, right? Especially um, from a second round pick. Especially from a second round pick. Um, and the thing is, I'm, I'm not going to even place blame on these guys. I, I'll, I'll get to my point in a sec, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say that this has been a habit of, of Bill where he's been drafting these offensive players for, uh, for what reason I absolutely do not know. None of them or very few of them actually end up being productive enough to the point where, they, where they're useful in our offense, right? And then they get chipped off or whatever the case is. In, in 2020, we drafted two tight ends. Neither of them are, are, are any longer with this team. 
Because the year after that, we went and brought in two tight ends and paid them money. One of them we just shipped off, as the aforementioned John Smith. Ken, I'm, I'm getting at all this to say, why is it that our most productive receiver from last season in Jacoby Myers, mind you, he's getting, I think it's 21 mil guaranteed in, in, in um, Las Vegas. So it's 21 mil guaranteed over three years, right? Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me we couldn't spring for that? <laughs> From our most, uh, our most productive receiver. And, and granted, this man is not just a receiver. He was an offensive weapon for us. Receiving yards, 804 yards, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had the most targets. Well, actually, I'm lying. He had like the second most. I just re- realized he actually had um, two less targets than Ramondre Stevenson. That, that, which, it makes sense with Matt Jones, right? But still, in terms mm-hmm. of the receiving core, had the most, 804 yards again. And he still had some, some like even rushing touchdowns and all. This man was, he was building a rapport on the field with Matt Jones. Matt Jones so far has not proven to anyone that he is worthy of a starting spot. Like he's guaranteed a starting spot. We should have someone competing with Matt Jones at this point. But what we did have was a, a productive receiver who was getting better time after time. And now he's gone. For Kendrick Bourne. And, and, and I like Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker might he, he might even be better yet. But it's still really only Devontae Parker. Kendrick Bourne. And then I, I like Hunter Henry too, but he his productivity has dropped as well. He he's not the same type of receiver coming off of that same type of tight end coming off of the injury. Is that what are, as you always say, what are we doing? <laughs> why I, I, I don't understand why we can't commit to one if if with the struggles that my sorry, I know I might be all over the place, right? But this is just really annoying to me. With the struggles that we've had offensively, you would think that he would at least try to hold on one of the weapons that was working well for Mac Jones. Like, help the man to get some sort of, of, of continuity as we just spoke about going. Help him to be better as well. Now was a revolving door again, Jacoby, for seven mil a year. When we was given John U. Smith, how much ever, it was 50 over four years. I can't remember how much guarantee, whatever the case is. Giving him that to block. <laughs> you know, in the two seasons, right? In the two seasons that, that John U. was with us, if you his the, the yardage his 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 yardage in the air in the two seasons combined were only 91 yards more than the previous season he had the, the, the his last year in Tennessee that that was his career year so that one year is only 91 yards more than oh sorry it's only 91 yards less than the two years he spent at us but we had paid him. I mean, and I know obviously this is hindsight, but still, my point is that Jacoby has been getting better. Why is he not staying with us? Mm-hmm. Why? But then what happened? Bill and going to the draft now and bunch drop a, a bunch of defensive players. I already saw that we re-signed somebody on the defensive side of football. I just when I saw it, I just closed it off because I I I was just I I know this is what happened. The defensive players he prioritized, but then on offense, nah, it's, well I ain't really. Gonna you there so you're gonna leave like <laughs> dog, that had me so annoyed that had me so annoyed when i saw that in the gym this morning I offset my workout big man <laughs> i'm sorry i mean the way how you're you're bringing it across as well as making me laugh but this is i know i know no nah, it, it's just it's just kind of frustrating i don't i i i know that we do not commit to players especially when they need to be paid but for what he's getting in Las Vegas, I do not see why we could not have made that investment. For a man who has been, has been our best receiver mm-hmm. by far in the last season, the season before that, he was showing signs. So the man is getting better. So he, he, we get rid of him because of the one player where he gave the Raiders the win? <laughs> Come on, man. I know who's still in the team, Ken? Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> Oh mercy me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I could I could feel your frustration. So so far, what the Patriots have done in terms of bringing in or bringing back players, uh Jabril Peppers, safety, they brought him back on a two-year contract. 
Um, That's who it was I saw, yeah. Yeah. Calvin, Calvin Addison, offensive tackle, two-year deal. Um, this is, I think, he's heading into his fourth season. He was he spent three seasons here in Denver first, and now he's coming over to you. Um, the question, though, is that Anderson has never been a full-time starter, so we have to see how that goes. I'm not seeing what the money is for him, so it may not be that significant of an investment. Um, Carl Davis Jr., defensive tackle. You guys are bringing him back on a one-year deal. Um, Raekwon McMillan, linebacker. Right, he was with you last year and he is back, but injury history is a concern for him because he's played in 16, he played in all 16, well, 16 of the 17 games last season after he missed the 2021 season with a torn ACL. And he also missed his rookie season in 2017 with an ACL in the other knee. So he's had ACLs torn in both left and right. Jonathan Jones, cornerback, he is also... Um, coming back, he was going to go on free agency, but you guys have agreed a $19 million contract with him with $7.5 million in signing bonus and $13 million in total guarantees. And then there's a guard of James Ferentz. He is returning as well. So yeah, I, I, I understand your frustration because there are any names on that list that anybody would recognize. That's kind of how you guys like to do it, though. As someone said, you, you're a nameless, faceless organization. We really don't know who's on the Patriots. Everywhere go through the Patriots roster, there are many names that, well, there are fewer names that we will ever recognize than those that we will not. As for my Saints, my Saints have not really been busy this this offseason. We've been more trying to get down under the cap than trying to bring anybody in because, you know, we, we're always playing cap gymnastics every off-season. And I'm honestly, I'm a little tired of it because I think that the Saints, well, I mean, now that we have Derek Carr at least for the next three years because, well, his contract is four years, $150 million. It's really three years, $100 million, all guaranteed. Because mm. his fourth year on that deal is 50 million dollars that he is definitely not going to get yeah. everybody knows that right now including him he's not getting that fourth year that that fourth year is there just to extend out and inflate the value of the contract and we right. can we can do whatever needs to be done later on um we have restructured the deals for cam jordan who is our star defensive end. We've restructured the deal for Marshawn Lattimore. I was very afraid that we were going to lose him, so I'm glad that he's sticking around. Our, sec our secondary next season is going to be nasty because with Lattimore being injured this season, it gave an opportunity for um, Paulson and Debo mm -hmm. to, to develop. And then is Alante Taylor. That was my rookie corner that was playing very, very well. So now... You put the two of them and Marshall Lattimore, my Evans, my Evans might as well retire. Those are two cases getting nothing, nothing at all. So that's that. I just wanted to try that out there. Um, so he has restructured his contract as well, and Alvin Kamara has also restructured his contract. So we went from being well under the cap, we got twenty nine million dollars back from the moves made with them. In terms of what we've done to bring in players, the only one that we've really brought in is Derek Carr. Our defensive line has been decimated because a lot of the guys have left, have gone either to Carolina or to Atlanta. We don't know why they don't want to leave the division, but you know, more part of them, they get paid over there and we beat them twice a year. That's, that's just how it's going to go. Um, but yeah. That's, that's why it's not like for the Saints so far. We we knew that we couldn't go shopping with everybody else. We have to wait and see what shakes out. Know that we actually may have a little money to spend. I mean, you 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 are at least going to win your division. You easily you easily have the best, like easily have the best quarterback in our division. Yeah. And I was just trying to like because none of these other teams even have a quarterback really. Yeah. <laughs> by far, by far, and we we have by far the best quarterback in the division. Meanwhile, we're out here. Allowing 
our most productive receiver to go to a team who will be in the same position as us where we're all we're all going to be trying to scrap to, to get into the wild card. Into the wild card spot. Because the Raiders ain't winning the damn division. We all know that. <laughs> like, yeah. No, we, we know that. Like no one's winning that going going down there and winning that division, right? Mm-hmm. But but here we are. And we're not winning our division. We know that as well. <laughs> but here we are, straight, allowing rivals to be strengthened. Well, what a glorious sight. Like I tell you before, boy, it is well with my soul here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, AJ, like our episode is titled this week. It's always darkest before the dawn. So maybe dawn is coming for you sometime soon. And that is a great spot to land this week's episode we thank you for checking us out of course as we always tell you like this video or like this audio wherever you're hearing it subscribe and click the notification button or bell so that you'll know whenever a new episode from us drops we do not take your time for granted and we thank you for spending even just a little bit of it with us yep so as always, well, always for the Green Beige Podcast, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And we will see you next time.